Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hasn't felt like it in a long time, but America is still a democracy And we had a measure, a taste of accountability today. We have some superstars in the United States Senate on our side. Too bad they're not in the majority. Uh, But I saw some great things, inspiring and hopeful. I'm hopeful. Number one, as Americans, we don't think the SWAT team from the FBI should be dispatched against people who are, I don't know, mouthing off at a school board meeting, right? You're allowed to do that in America. That's okay. And we also don't like the complete and total overreaction to January 6th. There has got to be some sanity. And I saw some today. Certainly not from Merrick Garland. All right. Merrick Garland, the attorney general, uh, was at a Senate hearing today. And he is a couple of things. Definitely a liberal. I think he's intimidated by the hard, hard left. He works for them now. He's also frustrated that he's not getting better media coverage, even from the liberal press. They think he should be more liberal. And he's intimidated by the bureaucracy, the bureaucracy. And he's a bureaucrat. (laughs) He's actually, he's doing it. The perfect bureaucrat is the man who manages to make no decisions and escape all responsibility. That game, he seems to have down pretty good. All right. So it started with Josh Hawley, Republican of Missouri. And, you know, have there been attacks across the board on, on, on Christian institutions and just trying to stigmatize and ruin the lives of anybody who might be opposed to abortion and want to speak out about it? Josh Hawley would have none of it. And this is poetry. Are you telling me that in your opinion as attorney general, it was objectively necessary to use 20 or 30 SWAT-style agents with long guns and ballistic shields for these people? What I'm saying is that decisions about how to go about this were made on the ground by FBI agents. So you're saying you don't know? I'm, I'm saying what I just said. Which is that you're abdicating responsibility? I'm not abdicating responsibility. Then give me the answer. Is Do you think, in your opinion, you are the Attorney General of the United States, you are in charge of the Justice Department, and yes, sir, you are responsible. So give me an answer. The FBI does not agree with your description. I'm not asking about the FBI. You are the Attorney General. Give me your answer. Do you think that it was objectively reasonable and they followed your guidelines in sending 20 to 30 armed agents to terrorize these people? Yes or no? 
The facts I have, which are those presented by the FBI, are not consistent with your description. Remember how I told you about the, the bureaucrat, right? Right? Bureaucrat? But Josh Hawley, you know, that mind, he could have worked in a lot of different places. He got himself elected to the United States Senate, and he is serving the people, in my opinion, very, very well. Uh, this also came up. The horrific and illegal protests outside of the homes of Supreme Court justices. Remember after the, um, the abortion decision leaked and the far left went crazy? The leak, by the way, a totally criminal act, should not have happened. Uh, the government, the federal government, allowed these protests to uh, go on unchecked, even though they're illegal. And one maniac showed up with guns to kill, allegedly, uh, Justice Kavanaugh, that guy. Very, very lucky that nothing bad happened. But uh, the law does say you're not supposed to protest in front of a justice's house because, well, they don't want the justice influenced by the mob. There is a law against it. You can't do that. But it wasn't enforced. It wasn't enforced. Maybe people in the government wanted the justices to be harmed or at least wanted them to change their mind. It's very possible. Tom Cotton, Republican of Arkansas, Iraq War veteran and a hero. Consider the efforts your department has put into tracking down everyone who is even on the Capitol grounds on January 6, 2021. You've dedicated million of man hours. You can't allocate just a few agents to look at people's social media account to say they were president outside of a justice home. We're going to go arrest them and charge them. Our, it's a black letter violation of the law. Our priority is violence and threats of violence and protection of the lives of the justices. And that's what we're doing. Yeah, not sufficient, but very bureaucratic. Uh, what he's talking about here, the people who were protesting. Hey, why don't we find some of them? I mean, we're hassling every January. Anybody who looked at the Capitol on January 6th, these people are findable. And guess what? They're chargeable. They're chargeable for the law they broke. Senator Ted Cruz, controversial at times, but I think he's great. Republican of Texas. Take it away, Ted. How do you decide which statutes you enforce and which ones you don't? But marshals on scene make that determination in light of the priority of defense. The marshals do not make a determination over whether to prosecute you. The attorney general make a determination. And you spent 20 years as a judge and you're perfectly content with justices being afraid for their children's lives. And you did nothing to prosecute it. Let's shift that, to another that is, area. Can I answer the question? You, no, the, you the cannot. General, you have refused to answer the I question. I am answering your question. The attorney you general choose, does not decide whether to arrest. How did you choose not to, not to enforce this statute? The marshals on scene. Marshals don't make that decision. They do make the decision of whether to make to an prosecute arrest. prosecute someone? No, they don't. Bureaucrat and dishonest. And one more time, all those people out there breaking the law and none of them were arrested or arrested since. You think the U.S. Marshals decided they're not going to arrest anybody? You think if they arrested somebody, they might have people to answer to because these people were mad at conservative justices? The Marshals, they have bosses. Oh, and more about the Marshals. He's making a big deal that he uh, dispatched uh, 60, 70 Marshals to take care of the justices. When the Dobbs uh, draft was leaked, I did something no attorney general in the history of the department had ever done before. For the first time in history, I ordered United States Marshals 24-7 to defend every 
residents of every justice. Mr. Garland, as a judge, you're familiar with asking counsel I'm to answer an a question. I am answering. Has the Department of Justice enforced this statute? Have you brought a single case against any of these protesters threatening the judgment? Justices under 18 U.S.C. Section 1507. Have you brought even one? Senator, you asked me whether I sat on my hands, and quite the opposite. I sent okay, 70 United States Marshals. Let me try again. To and Have let me you, has the Department of Justice brought even a single case under this statute? 70 Marshals. Well, I guess we're told not to arrest anybody. Let's go through that. Yeah, authorized 70 U.S. Marshals to provide the justices, nine of them, with 24-7 protection, okay? So you got 70. You got to divide that up, all right? And uh, we rounded down, actually, because you can't round up. You can't actually make three-quarters of a person a person. So they each got seven marshals. So you got to break that down even further, okay? 24-7 protection. Take Justice Kavanaugh, all right? Seven marshals. How does that work? 24-7 uh, protection. You only have, what, two or three on a shift, assuming no days off. And um, that's just not very impressive. That's not big protection. <laughs> it's not. These guys should have been on an army base or something like that, huh? And remember, a guy showed up with a gun and he wanted to kill Justice Kavanaugh. And it's not clear to me, actually, if the marshals were awake when he showed up because he basically turned himself in and then the local cops arrested him. According to federal court documents, Roski admitted that he bought the gun with the intention of breaking into the justice's home and killing him. Police say that he was arrested after calling 911 on himself. 911, he called 911, and uh, seven minutes later, the Montgomery County police show up and they take the guy into custody. Huh, huh. The bureaucracy, the swamp, it is one rotten place. And here's another character. Christopher Ray. Technically speaking, he reports to the attorney general, but he's really his own character. He's the director of the FBI. And that thing we were talking about regarding the bureaucracy absolutely applies to this guy. The perfect bureaucrat is the man who manages to make no decisions and escape all responsibility. So we were talking about the SWAT team, the FBI SWAT teams that have been dispatched to pursue people who showed up at pro-life protests. One guy had an argument with somebody, and there was, get this, a pushing situation. Somebody got pushed. Watch this. Oh, boy. Somebody got pushed. Well, the man who did the pushing found the, <laughs> found the FBI SWAT team at his door. That was a huge issue today in the uh, hearings, but Ray's a bureaucrat, and he said, well, that was the decision of the local on-scene commander, and I have trust in the men and women. They always hide behind that whole men and women routine. This guy, all of them, I'm sorry, the swamp, so corrupt. Um, Brett Baer got things off with a, with a decent question, though. Polls show that the FBI's reputation is at a real record low. What do you make of that? Well, look, there are all sorts of opinions out there about the FBI, just like there are about every major institution these days. I can tell you that we're focused on the opinions of the people we actually do the work for and the people we do the work with. He's focused on the opinions of the people he works for. He's just been told that the American people are losing respect for the FBI. That doesn't trouble him because the people he works for, they like the job the FBI are doing. Let's see. 
hassling Carter Page, wiretapping him when there was no lying on the warrant, Russia collusion, that phony investigation, January 6th overreaction. You don't work for the American people, apparently. You work for Democrats. You work for Democrats. And they're approving of the job you do. I saw them trying to defend you guys today on Capitol Hill. Uh, next, please. Far too many people use as their standard for whether they think something was fair or objective, whether it's an FBI investigation, whether it's a Supreme Court decision, or even an election, is whether they like the result, whether their side won or lost. But that's... That's not how independence and objectivity work. We are not on either side. The FBI is on the American people's side, on the Constitution's side. Oh, really? Oh, really? Peter Strzok, anybody? Lisa Page? Huh? <laughs> these, were no, uh, these were no side players. They were in the thick of it. Yeah, sure, you guys are just neutral on all this stuff. And what about the laptop that was in the FBI's possession for a year? <laughs> a year. What about that laptop? The whistleblowers are telling these lawmakers that there was an internal effort to shut down the investigation from the beginning. Have you found that? I have not found anything like that. Um, All right. So uh, hmm. I have not found anything like that. <laughs> I saw a twitch. I don't believe him. No credibility. No. By the way, Brett Baird did a decent job. The follow-ups were a little bit weak, but what are you going to do? Ooh, this is good. About January 6th. And where was the FBI? What was the FBI doing on January 6th? And the other Twitter question we get a lot is, did the FBI have undercover agents or paid informants or assets among the mob that stormed the Capitol on January 6th? Well, as I'm sure you can appreciate, Brett, I can't really appropriately talk about when, where, and how we use confidential informants. Is it classified? Well, we have information that is uh, about any number of topics that is law enforcement sensitive. Uh, but you should not read into my inability to answer a question because of my obligations as that is a clue or a hint in any way about how accurate your reader's um, tweet is. Yeah, it's not a clue. Your reaction is confirmation that there were FBI agents, confidential informants, not only in the mob, but inside the Capitol. That's what I'm inferring. Absolutely. Uh, you can't talk about uh, undercover officers and agents uh, when, where and how they're used. That is not true. You can go back. You can find a million examples of where they give undercover agents awards. And sometimes they even put them in TV shows, documentaries. Look at us. We're undercover and we're in the FBI. A gunman out for revenge. Judges and government officials his targets. How FBI agents went undercover to stop his plan. There's no stopping in undercover work. You say it comes out of your mouth and you got to live with it. Everything inside of you is screaming, oh my God, I hope he doesn't find out that I'm an agent. My name is Mike Ghibli. I've been an FBI undercover agent for 19 years. <laughs> wow, and we all know what he looks like. <laughs> they talk about this stuff all the time. When it suits their propaganda purposes, I guess, but other than that, they're not talking. This guy's fine, by the way. I have no beef with him. It's his boss and the bureaucrats back at headquarters. 
Remember this about the FBI, okay? FBI, what does it stand for? Federal Bureau of Investigation. Now, that bureau word is very important because that's um, the root of bureaucrat, right? And let's take a look at that word. And you notice anything about bureaucrat? Crat? Rat? Yeah, I think that's what we got there. We got a lot of them. And when I saw Christopher Ray in his shifty, weird performance, yeah, I think we know what he is. What do you think? Let me know. Drop us a line here at Newsmax. I'll be right back. All right, Joe and President Xi. Joe is um, strangely deferential to the Chinese president, isn't he? We've all noticed it, right? No aggressive actions or words after they've been playing with us. The balloon, Ukraine, a million other trade things. Um, it was brought up today at the White House briefing room. Why is President Biden afraid of China? The president is not afraid of China. Well, did you see? Did you see the president last week when we went to uh, when we went to uh, we went to Ukraine, went to Kiev? This is not a president that's afraid of anything. All right. This wasn't about he's not afraid of anything. Well, that's a bad sign right there. Uh, but there are some specifics here, as we all know. China flew a spy craft over the U.S. The president didn't really do anything to China. And according to the FBI director, China may have created something that has killed more than 1.1 million people in this country. And President Biden is not punishing them. Uh, why is that? Very weird, right? President Xi doing all these bad things and no pushback whatsoever. Her answer, she has no answer. Uh, there's something very strange going on between Joe Biden and China and the contrast between the Trump administration, actually between Trump and Biden. It's amazing. I have many people from China that I do business with. They laugh at us. They, they feel we're fools. You know, they're getting away with absolute murder. China's a great nation, and we should hope for the continued expansion. Tough I don't want to lose $300 billion a year to China when we can't afford to build schools for our children, when we can't afford to build highways, when we can't afford to build railways, okay. when we can't afford to build bridges. I want money to be invested in jobs and in this country. I don't want to rebuild China. A rising China is a positive, positive development not only for China, but for America and the world writ large. It was China's fault, and China's going to pay a big price what they've done to this country. China's going to pay a big price what they've done to the world. This was China's fault. And just remember that. 554,064 American dead from COVID-19. A lot of families want to know how this happened, how it got here. Have you had a chance to speak to any of your international partners, any of uh, President Xi, who I know you go way back with. Have you had a chance to ask him if these reports are true, that China maybe misled the world at the beginning? No, I, I have not had that conversation with President Xi. Thank you. Wow. Here's what's going on, in my opinion. President Trump, he made his money, he made his millions, his billions, years, decades before he ever went into politics. Joe Biden... He didn't become a rich man until he went into politics. I think he sees China as a money-making opportunity. He has before. I mean, come on. You can see it from space. Why did he take his drug addict son to China 
uh, when he was vice president. I mean, Hunter has a lot of problems. Does he really need to be on that trip to China? What about the meeting on that trip at the hotel between Joe Biden, Hunter, and some Chinese businessman? Hunter introduced the vice president of the United States to some business associate of his. That's wrong. And it's probably illegal, actually. Yeah, influence peddling, all kinds of things. Something's up. Something is definitely up. I have another New York Times reporter calling about my representation of the, literally, Dr. Patrick Ho, the spy chief of China, who started the company that my partner, who was worth $323 billion, found it, and is now missing. The richest man in the world is missing, who was my partner. He was missing since I last saw him in his $58 million apartment and signed a $4 billion deal to build the largest LNG port in the world. It's a pretty complicated uh, arrangement or wannabe arrangement he had going there. Can't you see it? Doesn't it make sense? They're not going to knock on our door. The New York Times is never going to put this on their front page. But we know it. We know it. All right, so you know about the Dilbert cartoon? It's in a lot of newspapers, or at least it used to be. I never really got into it, but the guy who created Dilbert is Scott Adams. Pretty bright guy. Uh, He's been around. He started a podcast that got a lot of attention over the past couple of years. Um, I think he's lost it a little bit. He went a little bit nuts, and um, rightfully, he's being condemned for some pretty ridiculous remarks. Now, We are having a stupid conversation in America about race to avoid having an important, albeit probably uncomfortable one. He's not having an important, uncomfortable conversation. He's getting it wrong as well. Now, there's a poll that came out. Rasmussen. All right. Let's see. Black Americans only. It's okay to be white. Fifty three percent of black Americans agree with that, according to Rasmussen. Twenty six percent disagree. Twenty one percent not sure. Um, I would have looked at this and shrugged my shoulders. I mean, black people can be racist too. 76% agree of black people, 27% disagree, 8% not sure. I don't know, I don't know if I would have really, you know, I, I polls, polls, you can get anybody. I wouldn't have really reacted one way or the other. Well, this was his reaction. If, you know, nearly half of all blacks uh, are not okay with white people, according to this poll, not according to me, according to this poll, uh, that's a hate group. That's a hate group. And I don't want to have anything to do with them. And I would say, you know, based on the current way things are going, the best advice I would give to white people is to get the hell away from black people. Just get the away. Wherever you have to go, just get away. Yeah, I'm sorry, but this is crazy and offensive and he's wrong. And it's not what conservatives do. I don't look at someone as a member of a group and think that they have all those group characteristics, that there is group characteristics. We take everybody as an individual. That's that's how it works in America. And you can you can look at data and you can draw conclusions. But this one poll and this guy wants to I mean, you heard what he said. A majority of a majority of black Americans Say it's okay to be white, according to one rest, mustn't poll in one day. Hey, have you heard all the anti-white, crazy rhetoric and propaganda out there? I mean, you hand somebody a poll, I guess they want to hear this answer. People do that all the time. 
so Scott Adams is totally, totally wrong. And that's a shame because, well, some of his ideas are interesting. Uh, he said this as well. I'm not run this. I think it makes no sense whatsoever as a uh, white citizen of America to try to help black citizens anymore. It doesn't make sense. It's no longer a rational impulse. And so I'm, I'm going gonna, uh, gonna to back off from being helpful to black America because it doesn't seem like it pays off. Like I've been doing it all my life and I've been, the only outcome is I, be, I get called a racist. All right, I think this is kind of crazy, too. You've been helping black America. What about helping people, individuals, no matter what they look like? Okay, he wants to target black America. I, uh, this is, not only is this not politically correct, it's not correct. I'm sorry, it's, it's just not. He's wrong. And then, however, he has made points in the past that I do agree with, not this. It's too bad. He's canceling himself, and I think he may want to do that. What's next? Everybody who focuses uh, their priority on education does well. If, if anybody in the black community focuses on education, they'll do well as well, because the, the system allows that. If they don't, I can't make that my problem anymore. It just can't be my problem. It can't be my problem if the solution is so clear so available, and people don't want to take it. It's just not my problem anymore. All right. Now, this is where he's getting into the territory of, all right, he may be speaking some, some truth. It's uncomfortable. It's awkward. But he took himself out of the equation when he said he wanted to avoid an entire race of people. It is true. No matter what your color, if you graduate from high school, if you don't have children out of wedlock, if you don't commit crime, you're going to do pretty good in America. A couple more. I'm also really sick of seeing video after video of black Americans beating up non-black citizens. I'm, you know, I realize it's anecdotal and it, you know, it doesn't give me a, a full picture of what's happening. But every damn day I look on social media and there's some black person beating the shit out of some white person. I'm kind of over it. I'm over it. Right. So I, I quit. Well, lots of people beating each other up online of all different races. But you know what? This is where it gets uncomfortable and uh, and accurate. Black on white crime. Uh, it is a big thing. And on social media, sure. But again, social, you can look, you can find anything you want on social media. But take a look at some of these numbers. Um, black on white crime is a big deal. It's... Um, it happens a lot more than white on black crime. The only thing that seems to be ignored more than white, black on white crime is black on black crime. How about that? When we come back, Clay Higgins, congressman from Louisiana. This guy, oh boy, did he take on Christopher Ray, the FBI director, with a bit more ferocity than Brett Baer. We'll be right back. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. 
Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Hey guys, it's Carson. Are you looking to protect your money from Biden's America? Yeah, me too. Well, right now you can get up to $10,000 in free silver while supplies last just by taking action in today's uncertain times. That's exactly why I partnered with a great company, Gold Co. So you can diversify your savings and investments with gold and silver before things get worse. Gold Co. is a six-time, 5,000 winner, 2022 Company of the Year with thousands of five-star reviews and have helped people like you and me place over $1 billion in gold and silver. They're offering up to $10,000 in free silver while supplies last. If you call them today, qualified callers get a free Ronald Reagan half-ounce silver coin. Don't pass this up. Not while companies are laying off workers by tens of thousands and Chinese spy balloons are drifting over our country consequence-free. Protect yourself from Biden's America and see if you're eligible for up to $10,000 in free silver while supplies last. Here's the number, 855-735-3740. That's 855-735-3740 for Gold Co. We want citizens of every land to come to this country legally. Our border is wide open and out of control and Americans are dying because of it. And I know Secretary Mayorkas is watching this or having his team of attorneys watch this. Good. Because over the course of the next year, this committee is going to lay out the case against you, sir. If I could arrest you for violations of Louisiana revised statutes, I would. That was Congressman Clay Higgins, Republican of Louisiana, House Oversight Committee, House Homeland Security Committee, House Freedom Caucus doing an amazing job. And it's also raised some very important questions about January 6th. We talked about some of them earlier. Uh, were there FBI confidential informants dressed as MAGA supporters on Capitol Hill before the mob got there? The question hadn't even occurred to me until Congressman Higgins raised it. Uh, uh, last year, late last year. Congressman Clay Higgins, welcome to Newsmax. How are you, sir? Thank you. Great. Good to see you, sir. God bless you. How does it feel to be in the majority, by the way? Uh, how much more authority, how much more clout do you think you're going to really get things done? You're doing your part, but you got the momentum or what? Well, we've come out the gate strong. I have to say I was visiting with colleagues today, Republican colleagues, and, you know, we're 60 days in, essentially, and uh, we're we're satisfied with the aggressive nature uh, and the effectiveness with which we are executing our our agenda, which is to reveal the truth and to perform for the American people, uh, reflective of our, our commitment that we made very clearly and a commitment to America. So committee service is a big part of that uh, because there's been some incredibly nefarious actions on the part of our federal government for the last couple of years and prior uh, that we intend to reveal. When you talk to these government officials, these witnesses, do you sense, are they just totally incompetent? Or is this, as I suspect, part of a broad, deep, sinister plot, forgive me, 
to destroy this country. I mean, it's just it's there's too much happening for this to not be on purpose. No, you're no, you're accurate, man. I mean, the deep state is real. It's arguably the greatest threat that our republic faces. Uh, we we have uh, we found ourselves in a situation uh, allowing our government to grow ever larger in, in each year significant growth of the federal government and the bureaucracies thereof. And therefore, these career bureaucrats find themselves in service for 20, 25, you know, 30 years, and they're in yeah. charge and they're liberal and they have an agenda. And that's to, that's to increase their power. And they are, uh, they are focused on the American citizenry in a way that does not reflect the core principles of our country. We, we are, we have been targeted by our own federal government, and some of us are very focused on revealing that. And that's exactly what we're going to do. So a lot of these deep state bureaucrats, they're 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 polishing their retirement papers, my brother. We we're going to drive them, <laughs> we're going to drive them out of their offices and into courtrooms. Well, the way you confronted uh, FBI Director Chris Wray, and do we have time? We can wrap up the segment with this. Well, I'll just play a little bit of video. Uh, Christopher Wray, you asked him if there were FBI informants dressed as MAGA supporters, and he, his answer was, uh, well, he didn't answer your question. It never occurred to me that they were there. Sir, I wish you luck in getting to the bottom of that. The January 6th thing is a total scandal. We're out of time, unfortunately. Congressman Clay Higgins, please come back soon. Thank you, Greg. Yes, sir. We'll be right back. News breaks every minute, every day. You need the app, the Newsmax app. Find it free on your smartphone store. Then watch us anytime, anywhere. Well, once again, it appears that crime pays. Crime does pay. This is a Black Lives Matter protest. Lots of people defying the cops, insisting on remaining in the streets. Uh, there were several hundred arrests. This is in June of 2020, up in the Bronx, New York. You can see people being arrested. Uh, 300 or so were arrested. And now they're being rewarded, paid handsomely by the city of New York for their troubles. They are being paid altogether between four and six million dollars, these people, because it was alleged that the cops were too heavy handed and deprived them of their civil rights. It's ludicrous. Guess what? Everybody who was arrested, it's going to average out to about 21,000 plus each. Each! And a great big apology, maybe? I am uh, I'm beside myself. I'm sorry. It's almost hilarious. It's also tragic. I can't believe it's happening. We thought we'd get the opinion of somebody who recently left the New York City Police Department. She is Anna Serrano a retired sergeant from the NYPD. She left just last summer and certainly was in the thick of it all during Black Lives Matter summer. Um, sergeant Serrano, retired. Uh, welcome to Newsmax. How are you? Hi, how are you? Terrific. I'm great. Great <laughs> to have you. And uh, I, I can't believe this happened. 21,000 per uh, person who was arrested. Your initial reaction when you heard the news? Disheartening. Very disheartening. You know... 
there is a such thing as peaceful protest that you can protest peacefully, but as soon as these protests become violent, then guess what? You have no longer a right to pro protest because you're violating and you're breaking the law. So I don't understand why people are getting paid this exorbitant amount of money, each person, you know, for being arrested. And they were lawfully arrested because of, of you know, the things that they did. Now, what I would like to know is, where do these people live? Because I'm pretty sure that people of that community actually didn't cause destruction or or rioting or things like that. These people came from all over and decided to come to New York City and 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 raise up, you know, instead of, you know, protesting peacefully for change. You know, yeah. and this is bad because now it just allows everybody, you know what? Guess what? Um, I'm just gonna riot huh. and I'm going to get paid for it. So the police department at the time said most of these folks they believed were outside agitators. Hey, look at this number. Uh, they stopped counting after a while back in the summer of 2020. But that week, some 400 police officers had been uh, seriously injured in the first two weeks of Black Lives Matter summer. You never hear about them and their financial settlements. And this is something interesting as well. The city is actually New York City, which has agreed to this horrendous thing. And remember, we have a crazy mayor now. They're admitting no wrongdoing. It's like you're sued for $6 million, but you don't have to say we did anything wrong. It shows me that this is a totally political arrangement, don't you think? Absolutely. It's, it's totally political. And you know what? It's, it's funny because there's a theme here. These types of things only happen in democratic cities, because there have been other police departments throughout the United States that this behavior did not go on, did not go on at all during the, the George Floyd riots. You know, it just so happens that it happened, you know, you know, Chicago, New York City, you know, other democratic cities. But, you know, it, it's just sad. It's, it's really sad. Uh, and how about for this guy? Actually, right there in the Bronx, at the same time, right about the same time of these protests, he was bashed in the head with a fire extinguisher. Uh, it received, you see that? It's a police officer who, yes. by the way, didn't flinch. However, he was seriously injured. If you look closely, we've enhanced this before. You can see his skull. He starts to bleed, but he is still trying to apprehend that person. Um, I know you keep in touch, I'm sure, with a lot of cops. Is there a lot of talk about this? It just basically became semi-official. A judge still has to sign off on this. Uh, but what are you hearing from your, uh, your friends and colleagues? They, they are disheartened. They are disheartened. Like, and like you said, there were 400 officers that were injured during those riots. And I bet you any amount of money that those 400 officers probably were very seriously injured and they were put right back to work to go back into the thick of it and, and, and didn't get anything, you know? I want to and take a look. that's what bothers me. Totally. Uh, look at that number again. Million, four to six million dollars and twenty one thousand dollars each. That's that's real cash, right? Twenty one thousand dollars each. Now, the mayor could stop this if he wanted to, but he's all over the place. Eric is a is a hero when it comes to law enforcement. Just ask him. Uh, no, I, I was beaten by police at 15, so I became a police officer to battle racism from within. Uh, sure you did. By the way, that story about him getting beaten up doesn't really quite check out. Well, how do the cops feel about him? Because on the one hand, he's trying to tell everybody I'm a cop. But when he was a cop, 
he hated cops and he hated policing and he hated the NYPD. Well, he says it himself. I mean, you know, that, that's how he is. You know, we, there's no faith in him. There is no faith. And let me tell you something. I remember one time I came on and I gave him the benefit of the doubt when he was elected. And I said, you know what? He may do the right thing as the mayor of New York City and bring this police department forward and bring the city forward and bring the police and the city together. But, but obviously, as we are watching now, that's not the case. What a goofy guy he is. And uh, well, you're terrific. Uh, by the way, I write about these issues in my new book. It's called Justice for All, How the Left is Wrong About Law Enforcement. So Anna Serrano, uh, if you have time, please order it on Amazon or go to the bookstore and buy it. Uh, and I'm only kidding. I, I've got your information <laughs> and I'm sending you a free copy signed by me. I hope you enjoy oh, thank it. Thank you. You bet. You bet. Anna Serrano. Uh, by the way, real quick, what's life like now? You left. You were on the job for a long time and now you are a civilian. How do you feel? I'm a, I'm a, I'm a civilian for now. <laughs> Ooh, sounds like it, she's got it, plans. It feels great, though. It feels great. Um, you know, I, I honestly I miss the city. I miss my coworkers. I there's a saying like you you know you 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 miss the circus but not the clowns. I don't know if I'm saying it correctly, but something like that. <laughs> I like it and I get it. And uh, great job out there. You look great in uniform. Great out of uniform. And uh, we'll see what happens. I think you got something up your sleeve. Uh, maybe, maybe. <laughs> all right, good stuff. Good stuff. Sergeant Serrano, NYPD retired. Thank you, and we'll be right back. How did we get to a point where we treated other human beings as slaves and, and were okay with that? When I, when I see the, the Make America Great Again, my comment is, do you, do, you, do you accept that that could possibly be construed as a racist remark? And most people, a lot of people go, how could that be racist? Make America great again? I said, so just ask yourself from, from an African-American experience, when was it ever great in America for the African-American? When was it great? A Hollywood dimwit and Chris Wallace is eating it all up or just sitting there. I mean, those are horrendously stupid statements coming from the one somewhat cool, I would assume, when he was on the Breaking Bad show, Brian Cranston. Chris Wallace can't take this on because he's a member of the elite class. And the elite, what do they want to do? They want to retain that status. And this woke nonsense is very fashionable right now. He's also self-conscious, most likely, of all the lucky breaks he had. And let's go through them. Chris Wallace, in addition to sabotaging the debate in 2020, grew up on Park Avenue. Yes, he did. And uh, his well, he had two fathers, a stepfather and uh, his biological father, um, and they were incredibly important people. Mike Wallace from 60 Minutes and the president of CBS News. They were all looking after uh, little Wallace. Wallace went to Harvard, all right? And then Wallace, when he decided he wanted to go into TV news, guess what he was hooked up with? <laughs> Immediately, right off the bat, at a visit to Walter Cronkite. And then his, uh, his path was paved to a pretty sweet job at Channel 4 here in New York City, and then all he had to do was go upstairs to meet all the guys at the network. 
He'll always be known, of course, for sabotaging the debate uh, and doing everything he could to help Joe Biden. Uh, but Wallace just stood there and listened to this horrible woke stuff and said nothing again because he just doesn't want to rock the boat. He wants not to draw too much attention to himself because of all this stuff he has. And that goes for so many people in the media, by the way. They'll go along with it, all right, because they just want to keep what they got. Keep the. I'm a little bit different, by the way. Maybe it's because uh, of my Marine Corps background. I don't know, but uh, I never quite fit in with these people, and I'm glad. I'll be right back. In January, you know what DirecTV did to us. They dropped Newsmax from the lineup. Uh, they deplatformed another conservative channel uh, last year. Look, we really would like it if you would stand up to DirecTV, stand up for free speech and against censorship. You can call these numbers. Uh, let DirecTV know what you uh, are thinking. Let Congress know what you're thinking. Or go to IWantNewsmax.com and you can sign our petition opposing censorship. So many of you have been so supportive. We appreciate that. Also, we've got movers and shakers on Capitol Hill. Even some folks who don't agree, perhaps with my politics, are still supporting our right to engage in those politics and share them with you. It's very important. We thank you, and I'll see you tomorrow.